Welcome to the podcast where we track down Australian war veterans, have a chat with them and hear their stories. I'm Alex Lloyd and this is Life on the Line. They were building positions in there if for a fight. happened to us, by the time anyone got to us, I think it was chaos. the weather was so bad, there would be no to run boots full of blood. And the next thing I hear was alarms screaming. Chances of survival were very, very slick. The soldiers didn't want to go into the ambushes, so they'd send the kids in first. So he was sent in first into an ambush and he got shot in the stomach. It was very hard for me, very hard for my family. And the pain burst. Proud of the crew, proud of what I've achieved and what I'm doing. The volunteer for service was in effect to put your life on the line. Today's bonus episode is from our Archive Vault. Phil Stevenson is a World War II veteran of the Royal Australian Navy. On HMS Shropshire and HMS Nestor, Phil saw action against the German battleships Admiral Graf Spey and the Bismarck. Here, Angus Horden interviews Phil about the Bismarck action. Uh, when the world came out that... Um the Bismarck had, had sailed, they suddenly see aircraft found that she was no longer in Norway. The home fleet, which we were part of, sailed, and presumingly that um, the Bismarck had gone into the Atlantic, we steamed west. We were quite a big force. The first group went out, which was uh, the Hood and the um, Prince of Wales, with a screen of destroyers. They sailed about um, 12 hours before us, and then the rest of the home fleet, which was Warspite, King George V, uh, Indomitable, uh, and a bunch of destroyers, which we were a part of. We then sailed. We just all steamed, steamed west, waiting to see if anything, until finally she was sighted off uh, Greenland by the Dorsetshire, I think it was. And uh, Prince of Wales, in the hood, eventually caught up to her made contact, and we were about, I think, probably about 100 miles behind. And the awful news was Hood's been sunk, no survivors. And that was, uh, uh, sort of dropped us all in the... Because uh, the Hood was the pride of the fleet. Absolutely, yeah. So that was a nasty blow. We, we went on trying to catch up. Prince of Wales tried to keep contact, but she couldn't. And so they lost contact, but we kept on till we ran, getting lighter on fuel, we had to go into Iceland and refuel, and came out again, caught up with the fleet, just as Bismarck was sighted, and we then went on to the action which finished her off. When that was over, we then took the fleet, escorted the fleet into, uh, back into Scotland. So Phil, you're on Nesta, and you're part of a group that's closing in on Bismarck, <laughs> and words out that the hood has been sunk, Pride of the fleet, um, and here's Bismarck that's got eight 15 inch guns and certainly would make mincemeat of Nesta if she had half a chance. Made mincemeat of most of the fleet. And after having already sunk the hood, how were you guys feeling about that? Pretty nervous. Very nervous. And then the news comes that um, the Prince of Wales and the rest of the fleet successfully engage. Bismarck, and how far off was Nestor as part of that action? Uh, when the final action, um, probably, well, we, we were there, part of it, 20 miles.
later in the war, Phil was one of the earliest Allied servicemen on the ground in Nagasaki after the dropping of the atomic bomb. Going ashore was a bit, bit of an eye-opener. It was really um, just huge wreckage and we went to Atsugi airfield to pick up an aircraft to go down to Nagasaki and the, the airfield was a massive wrecked aircraft and uh, everything was, uh, was a shambles. So we, we got into this uh, DC-3 and uh, flew south and got down, looking at pretty spectacular countryside in Japan, and got down over, uh, over the Southern Islands there and started looking for an airfield. But all the uh, airfields had been dug up so that an aircraft couldn't land. We went looking. We found uh, the pilot eventually found something which he thought he could get down on. But he said, if it's... Uh, if, if when I get a bit closer, it looks a bit rough. We'll do a wheels up. So we all sat down with our backs to the <laughs> to the bulkheads and uh, waited for a crash landing. But he, he got it done okay. And we were met by the Kempi Tai, the uh, the secret police, which are pretty horrendous people. But the interesting thing that we found, we were expecting a pretty rough time. But um, interestingly, the once the surrender had been signed, the Japanese were completely friendly and docile, all of them. We then sort of decided who, who was to do what, and they, I got the job of trying clearing the port of the wreckage. It was a hell of a mess to clean up. We went out a couple of times to make contact with the prisoners of war. The ones that I do remember was a, the, a convent with the nuns in, which were pretty well, pretty close to the bomb when it went off. And we went in and said, we've come to, to get you out and take you out. They wouldn't go. They said, no, we, we stay. That's our, our type job. And they wouldn't come out. So it was an interesting time. The Japanese workforce were surly, and, uh, but not hostile. And we eventually got enough cleared so that the, uh, the ships could come in to take prisoners of war off. And then we got the prisoners of war off. And I saw a couple of Knox boys that I did, did know. Phil's full name is John Philip Stevenson. If that name rings a bell, it may be because Phil was the captain of HMAS Melbourne in the Melbourne-Evans collision in 1969. Captain Stevenson was court-martialed but eventually cleared of any wrongdoing. More on that story in a future podcast. Phil was interviewed for our World War II documentary miniseries for School and Country. You can find out more at forschoolandcountry.com and check out the Facebook page for School and Country. Want to know more about the podcast? Our website is www.lifeonthelinepodcast.com. From there, you can email us and look up our social media details. Life on the Line is brought to you by Thistle Productions. Artwork by Big Cat Design. Music by Dan Van Werkhoven. Thanks for listening, and lest we forget... (laughs) 